We are back in business. Hey guys, long time no see, but like, what's new, you know? What's up team? We're back and we're ready to chat. Always. Always. Um, just a little quick life update. I got a big girl job and I want everyone to know. Just a quick podcast update. That's Sarah Charles over there. <laughs> and what's my name? Kira. <laughs> and this is the Movie Night Podcast. It's We're okay, Sarah. So you're so excited about her job. That's fine. Life update, baby. Yeah. Sarah had her first day of work today. It was great. Got her big girl job. But anyway, this is the podcast where <laughs> Kira over there and Sarah Charles right here <laughs> talk about movies that the each other has not seen. Correct. And then we um, uh, express our strong opinions about them. They're always strong. Yeah. But yeah, quick life update. I got a job. Exciting. Woohoo. And um, this podcast celebrated one year, its first anniversary. Can you believe it? It happened on June 11th, and we forgot. <laughs> we didn't forget. We just didn't. We didn't have time. We just didn't let anyone know, and that's yeah. fine. It's fine, but. It's personal to us. It's my favorite thing. Yeah. Can you believe? Um, i just like to say, for our one year, um, that the idea for this podcast was created inside of a um a fresh to order <laughs> over a couple of salads on a cold winter night on a cold winter night we planted this little seed in our each other's brains yeah and then we we kind of worked on it for a and minute we nurtured it we watered that plant Kira was like we're gonna do this right and I was like okay and, it, <laughs> and then we did it and then we even made it better yeah and now we have a few listeners so that's great and we love every single one of you yeah shout out Germany yeah, and shout out... Ireland, maybe? Ireland. Uh, uh, Which country do we have the most? I feel like I it's Germany. I, I feel like it's Ireland. Okay, shout maybe out... Maybe they're tied. Shout out Germany, shout out Ireland. You guys rock. Shout um, out We're going to be talking about Germany today when we get into the movie Germany. talk. Um, but do you want to talk about... Um, I don't know. We watched The Handmaid's Tale finale, season finale, and... That was real TV magic for me. That was crazy. That was a long time coming. I don't know, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this season of Handmaid's Tale, just jump ahead, maybe 90 seconds, maybe a little bit more. Yeah. But that was a long time coming. I would say, yeah, that was, that was fucking sick. Get your shit rocked, Fred. Oh, it was get so powerful. absolutely wrecked, Fred. Literally get fucked. Like, yeah, that uh, was good. That was so good. That was so good, and I did not expect it at all. Me neither, because that's uh, when you're watching a show for four seasons, that and is something that your little brain dreams about. But yeah. But it's something that you're like, oh, that'll never happen. And the majority of this season was a lot of conversation. Like, yeah. not a lot of, like, things were happening, but, like... Well, it, I mean, big things did happen. June got out of Gilly. Like... June got out of Gilead and like yeah, but like they were their conversation was like big and I don't know yeah I mean it's definitely getting more like almost political in a sense where yeah it's we're like, like I feel like we're, we're setting up, battles with words now and yeah I feel of, like we're setting up the game plan for I can't believe it's already over it's not over I mean but you know what I mean the season oh yeah like bummer Jesus. Jesus. and some of the seasons like have, I just I just got like 
into it. Like, I, like I, yeah. so ready. Yeah, exactly. yeah. And some seasons um have fourteen episodes, so it's like even a bigger bummer that there was only ten. That is rough. But I will say that finale kind of made it worth it. Uh, I remember I was sitting on, we didn't watch it together, but we watched it like probably the same night. Or, I was like, we watched it, watch immediately. Yeah. Like. And then I went ahead and watched it. And I remember uh, jaw on the floor. Yeah. And, like, and I was in a, I was like on the couch alone and I was like, <gasps> like I was like making audible gasping noises yeah, I to was, no one. I was <laughs> frozen in time witnessing this and just like total face crack and like, yeah, that was crazy raw insanity that was so fucking yeah lit yeah fuck yeah okay spoiler when june fucking made out with nick in front of fred oh my god that was legendary nick sorry nick is really just doing everything for me yeah chucking all my boxes bitch yeah i am so into him he has not disappointed me he has not disappointed and i'm Cause we've, we've when had, he oh when he kissed June in front of Fred and Fred was like what the fuck he literally says what the fuck yeah <laughs> oh my god and then so literally good. like oh oh my god and like when Nick's like pushing him out into the woods I'm like oh like Nick's gonna like murder this I was guy like, I was like Nick and like <laughs> Joseph like are, and when Joseph was there to meet them I was like yeah I fucking love this dude Joseph was like it's Joseph so- has also not disappointed yet yeah I really love Joseph I'm a stand yeah. When June's like, don't be a dick. No, his name's... His name is... Jo- uh, no, his name's Lawrence. No, his name is, um, like, Sir Lawrence. His name is Joseph Lawrence. Joseph Lawrence. Yeah. Because I think June will say, like... Lawrence. June calls He's him Commander Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. She's and like, he don't was be the, a dick, Lawrence. And he was the architect for Gilead. He yeah. built the whole scene. He's like, sorry, nation. Fred, it's the law. And then, <laughs> and then he was like, Nick, you got it. Also, like... When when that that scene, I know we're doing this for longer than ninety seconds. It's okay. I it's have okay. To talk it's only been five minutes. Okay, we're good to go. So when the whole scene from when starting from when Fred thinks he's on his way to, to like, Geneva, Genovia. <laughs> Fred is going the to whole Genovia when he gets arrested by Mark, who I've hated Mark since the jump. I yeah, Mark I don't trust came, Mark, but he came through. He did come. He through. was like June was like, I'm gonna make you listen to me, bitch. And then Mark was like, okay. And then when June was like. You know these twenty, like these twenty-two women, are way yes. more worthy than Fred Waterford. And like I was that's like, legendary. They exchanged Fred Waterford for twenty-one resistance and they women. All just, they all just fucking walk past him. They they, run, just, they scurry past and like get on a school bus. And Mark's like, "Let's go." Yeah, and then like Fred's just like, "What? What is happening?" Yeah, that whole scene of like the transfer and like. The Fred play. walking over and Lawrence and Nick being there to like pick him up mm-hmm. and then the eyes taking them back into like Gilead territory. Yeah. And then Nick pushing him in the woods and being like, and Fred being like, where are we? And Nick's like, this is no man's land, bitch. And then June comes out and she's like, what the fuck? And Fred's like, what the fuck? And then June kisses Nick. In front of Fred. In front of Fred, who had no idea. Also, meanwhile, prior to this, they had a conversation about how they miss off Fred. So like June just yes, June was, played June him. June was playing his ass pretending like she was still into Fred. Yeah, and it Oh my god. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> and then Nick walks away. He's like, "Do your thing, baby. Do your thing." And then, and then the rest of the fucking handmaids come out of the fucking woodworks. And literally shows up with her baseball bat and her lay mask glasses and she's yeah. ready to fight. And June's like, "Run, bitch." And Fred starts run. running through the forest and like 20 
like former handmaids just come and beat the fucking shit out of him and then they send his finger and his wedding ring to fucking Serena Joy and they hung him on the wall as a like handmaid she said Praise be Serena Joy. Praise be Serena Joy. Free the water first. Okay, that's enough of that. Sorry. We have if you to- don't watch the show, watch it. Honestly, if you don't watch the show... I was telling some dude at work to, like, watch the show, because, like, we liked a lot of the same shows, and he was like, yeah, I watched the first episode, couldn't get into it, and I was like, what the was fuck he are a boy? you on? Yes, he's a boy. Boys don't, boys don't get Gross. it. Gross. Gross! Embarrassing. Embarrassing! Embarrassing. Get better. Do better. Do better. You want, you want to win? <laughs> it just makes me so you better mad. work bitch yeah okay okay next. Not, not next sorry that's over um any have i been watching anything else i have been watching season two of lupin the french show it's okay. very good there's okay. like five episodes a season it's very very good okay very entertaining and i have also been watching the new season of dirty john oh yeah so good okay i've watched like four episodes of that today that's I've all been... i've been watching right now i've also been reading my book I need to get so back. Good. I need to get back into reading <laughs> because like, we could talk about it on this podcast. Yeah, my book is crazy. I'm reading. Um, I mean, I could talk about it, but no. Let Let me have a book to talk about, and then we can have a book talk. Sure. Okay. Word. All right. Book talk. I'm on book talk, by the way, which is the book, um, the book part of TikTok where they talk about books. Yeah, they call I book talk. I saw um. An Instagram, an Instagram account that, like, posted really good books. And she posted a picture, and I was like, I just bought that book! And I'm like, I gotta read it. Yeah, there's, a, I have so many saved ones of books I need to read. But I need to finish the series. Okay, next. Okay. Do you want to get into it? Yes, let's. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't breathe. Yeah, sorry about that tangent for the Handmaid's Tale finale, but, you know, it's exciting. It's okay. raw insanity. It makes you feel. So, last episode. Sarah... Um, told me to watch My Best Friend's Wedding, which is a movie that came out in 1997. It is PG-13, and it is an hour and 45 minutes long. You're welcome. Dare I say, felt longer. <gasps> Sorry. Okay. It wasn't a bad watch or anything, but felt longer than an hour I want, Wait, I kind of feel... It's kind of it. long. Like, I remember pausing halfway through and being like, damn, I got a lot left. <laughs> I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Okay, so, um... Let's get into this synopsis. So basically, a woman played by Julia Roberts. Her name is Julianne. The movie opens with her and she's at dinner with her gay best friend, George, who's played by a gay man in real life, Rupert Everett. George. So hot. Yes. (laughs) Rupert Everett. Um, So they're at dinner because Julianne is a fancy food critic. And they're at dinner, and over this meal, Julianne tells George about how she made a pact with, like, her longtime best friend, who is a dude, and they made a pact that if they were both single by the time they turned 28, like, they'd get married and blah, 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 and she basically talked about how, you know, that was kind of, like, her, the one that got away, maybe, yeah, like, how yeah. she kind of has feelings for him, but, like, doesn't quite know, and, like, they- She always thought that, like, love was always, yuck. Like, yeah, she's not, yeah, she's very not, like, a lovey-dovey person, but, like, that's kind of her person, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and her best friend, um, that she made this pact with, his name is Michael, and he is played by a young, very handsome Dermot Mulroney. So hot. Let's go. So hot. 
but, power couple. So that night after um, dinner, when um, Julianne like reveals that part about herself and the pact that she made, she gives her friend Michael a call and basically finds out that Michael is engaged to be married to a girl named Kimberly, who is played by a very beautiful and youthful Cameron Diaz. So gorgeous. So gorgeous. I, what is it about Cameron Diaz? I don't if know. If anything, I mean, she not, was so cute. Honestly, there's not a lot to talk about in terms of this movie. I'll get into the plot or whatever, but like there is something to be said about Julia Roberts, Dermot Mulroney, Cameron Diaz, and Rupert Everett. Like very, very Handsome and gorgeous, all of them. Very youthful, very so gorgeous. So Julia Roberts, like I mean, come on, Julia I Roberts. Live for Julia her. Roberts in the nineties. First of all, her and Cameron Diaz both have the biggest, most beaming thousand watt smiles. Mm-hmm. That is just so the jealousy that I have around that. And They're like, both they have like full naturally beautiful flawless. lips, but it's like the mouths. I have a thing for mouths because I have a very narrow Julia small mouth. Julia Roberts has the most beautiful mouth I've ever seen. So does Cameron Diaz, though. They both have, like, like, full lips and, like, big mouths and giant smiles, and it's... I'm so jealous. But last thing, Julia Roberts' curly hair. Yeah, Julia Roberts' curly hair. There's this part towards the end when she's, like, um, when the wedding's going on and she's wearing, like, these low-rise pants and, like, a little crop top, and I'm like, Jesus! Like, come on. That's everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Cameron Diaz with her big blue eyes and her giant fucking smile. Like, how could you not? How could you not? Yeah, she's the cutest. And Dermot Mulroney with his little lip scar. So hot. So hot. (laughs) So hot. Like, unreal. Come on. Uh, I'm going to talk about a specific scene that really just made me... I mean, if the whole movie didn't exist, but this one scene existed, I'd be okay. (gasps) Next. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Back on topic. So, <laughs> Julianne calls Michael, and Michael tells her that he is engaged to be married to a girl named Kimberly. And Julianne's like, well, shit. Uh, the man I am realizing that I love is now getting married in, like, three days. Yeah, to somebody else. To, to somebody this, else. To this new bitch that she's never met. Who's, like, 20. Who's, who's Cameron she's Diaz. So yeah, she's, like, still in college. Yeah. Like, she's just young, like, you know. Um, the newest model. Um, but anyway, so, uh, Julianne agrees to, like, be in the wedding, come to the wedding, and I guess eventually she actually, I think, turns out to be, like, the maid of honor. Kimberly asks her to be the maid of honor, because I don't think this girl, Kimberly, has very many friends or something like that. Um, so yeah, so Julia Roberts is like, okay, I'm gonna go to this wedding, I'm gonna be in this wedding, because I want to support Michael, but I also want to break them up because I love Michael. (laughs) Because I want to, I want to break them up. So, and like, the wedding is happening, like, this weekend, so she has, like, 72 hours to, like, do the damn thing, break them up, and take Michael for herself, um, or at least, like, tell Michael how she feels, that kind of thing. So, you know, basically, hilarity ensues as she, you know, gets into all this trouble as she's trying to, like... Her plan is failing. Yeah, her plan is flopping. I know what that feels like. (laughs) But basically, she's, you know, she does what she can to, like, get Michael alone and, like, talk to him and, like... They definitely have their one-on-one time. Because I think their history has was pretty deep. Like, I think Michael loved Julianne for, like, nine years and Julianne hated love and never acknowledged Michael being in love with her. And then as soon as Michael loves someone else, she's like, wait, I love you. Yeah. Which is annoying. Toxic. Yeah, super toxic. Super Uh, toxic. But yeah, all this stuff happens and, you know, it's basically just, like, her little schemes to, like, get them to break up. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, 
no matter how hard Julianne tries, this new girl, Kimberly, is, like, very nice. Yeah. And very sweet and loves Michael a lot. But also, like, annoying at the same time. Kind of annoying, but, like, truly just, like, a good-ass person to heart. And, like, some of the stuff that Julianne does is, like, kind of out of fucking hand. Yeah. Like, there's a point They're where... They're bold. What, bold moves that Julianne yeah, makes. Yeah, Julianne, um, she, there's a point where she... She sends an email mm-hmm. from... Kimberly's dad's office who's like the boss who's the boss of some company and she sends an email to Michael's boss mm-hmm. he's like a sports writer yeah she sends an email to Michael's boss being like on behalf of my daughter Kimberly like I just really wish that he would consider Michael would consider this job and like didn't have basically he's like she tries to get him fired from like his sports yeah. writing job yeah and he and Julianne wants it to look like it was Kimberly's fault. Right. Which is kind of insane. Like to Also like to be really like, hard. Like how, yeah. like that <sighs> that's pretty fucked up. And like so yeah. she's kinda she's a little fucked up as a she's as an kinda, individual. She's kinda desperate. She does some bad shit in this movie that I would deem to be unforgivable, but for whatever reason Also I just wouldn't go Mike, to the extent to, to do that. for whatever reason, like Michael keeps forgiving her and I'm like, okay, what the fuck ever. Yeah. Um but have your toxic relationship. Yeah, so then there's a point where like um towards the very, very end of the movie where fucking Julianne finally tells Michael how she actually feels rather than just trying to like break him and Kimberly up. Yeah. And then they kiss and then um Kimberly uh like sees them kissing and yeah. then Kimberly takes off and they're in Chicago. Across the golf course. She's in Chicago and now she's speeding like a maniac down Madison Avenue or Michigan Avenue or whatever the fuck. I think they're both in Chicago. And then fucking Michael's taking off after Kimberly because he still loves Kimberly. Duh. And then fucking Julianne's taking off after Michael because she loves Michael. So they're just chasing each other down the streets of Chicago. Yeah. And then there's actually a point, uh, one of the scenes I like is when, um, she calls, she's chasing Michael, who's chasing Kimberly, and she calls, she calls, she calls George. She calls George. That's a great um, scene. She calls George, and she's like, I told him, I told him how I felt, like, blah, 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 it didn't work, like, I'm chasing them down the street, and George is like, so, Kimberly ran away, and Michael's chasing Kimberly, and nobody's chasing you. And, like, <laughs> he's like, T, bitch, like, Savage. what's not clicking? Yeah. What's not clicking? Nobody is chasing you. Like, yeah. nobody, like. That's real. Yeah, like, no, that I love that so scene. Real. That was good. Um, and so, yeah, and so basically, spoiler alert, um, Michael and Kimberly end up getting married. Yeah. Which I liked that ending. Yeah. I liked that the ending wasn't the typical like very unconventional ever very after. unconventional ending. yeah but that was cool the, you know but like, i think i mean i think it um you know it's nice that they well they did pit the two women against each other for a while yeah but then like at the very but end also like at when, the end they have like a little reconciling yeah which i think was cool when kimberly confronted julianne in the girls in the bathroom. girls bathroom and all the ladies are like oh Ooh. like oh my god she kisses hus- her husband like at the wedding like yeah. crazy yeah. But then, they, yeah, they reconcile and then, like, and, like, you, they really give you no reason to, like, hate uh, Kimberly yeah. because she's a good person. And, like, of course you feel for Julianne, too, because she's just, like, trying to deal with her own emotions on how she feels for yeah. Michael. So it's, like, I like that it wasn't, like, fuck you, Kimberly, or fuck you, Julianne. Like, yeah. It's, like, women, like, hello, we're yeah. trying our best. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I liked it. And then, but the scene that I want to talk about regarding Dermot Mulroney is a scene where... Um, because Julianne, Michael, or, uh, Kimberly was like, Julianne, I want you to be my maid of honor. 
And then Michael was like, hey, you're literally my best friend for, like, ten plus years. Like, will you be my best man, essentially? Yeah. So she's playing, like, both the parts or whatever. And at one point, Michael gives her his the wedding ring for Kimberly to, like, hold on to and keep safe. He was like, he was like I don't trust any of my other dude friends. Like, just hold on to this and keep this safe till the wedding day. And Julianne, because she's crazy and in love with Michael, tries on the wedding band and it gets stuck on her finger. So she's, like, walking around all day with this wedding band that's not hers on her finger and then there's a point where I think it was where, um, you know, they were in a hotel or something and uh, Michael was getting the call from Kimberly about like some scheme that they were that uh, Julian was trying to get them to break up. Okay. And so he was just on the phone with Kimberly, like talking it out. Um, and he asked Julianne to, like, leave the hotel room. Uh-huh. And so she's sitting outside the hotel room while, like, Michael and Kimberly are on the phone talking. And then I guess the phone call ends and, like, Michael lets her back into the room. And she was, like, sitting on the floor leaning against the door. So she flops back uh-huh. into the room of the hotel. And she's, like, wearing the wedding ring. And he notices that she's, she's wearing, wearing the wedding the ring. And she's like, yeah, I tried it on and it's stuck. And so Dermot Maroney grabs her hand and... Uh, <laughs> deep throats her finger and like pulls the ring off with his teeth i forgot about that and when that. i say uh, oh, my God. <laughs> i know i know it's so um, like i remember i was like yeah this movie's like cute or whatever like ha 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 like late 90s rom-com whatever the fuck when that scene came on i was like hold on i was looking around like are, we, are y'all seeing this so so smooth sorry so but seamless. we're gonna post that on the instagram i oh, got it we're gonna find it and it's gonna be on the instagram on my way um because wow 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 i feel like a woman i forgot about that i was like i was yeah, sitting it's like something that's like for not forgettable but i was like, watching the movie and i was like well now i have something to talk about in the podcast because yeah. <laughs> like that's literally all i cared about Oh, yeah, that was good. That was everything and more. Yeah, that I was, was like, everything, everything. Whoever um, decided that that scene needed to be put in there, yes, good work. Yeah. Great work. Great A+. job. Great job. Woo, woo, woo. Okay. Um, I think that's all I have to say. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think we made our point. I think I made it my point. Um, let me see if I have, like, just a little bit of trivia. A lot of the trivia I found is just about casting, like, casting what ifs. Right. Um, so one of them is Drew Barrymore, read for the role of Kimberly. I liked... I liked very much so. Yeah, she needs to be like a. I sometimes like to like think like immediately think about that and like sometimes it works and a lot of times it doesn't. That does not work to me. Um, So Julia Roberts actually handpicked both Dermot Mulroney and Cameron Diaz for their parts. Work like Julia Roberts was said. You know what? I'm head of casting. Work (laughs) literally work, girl. And I want Dermot Mulroney to suck on my finger. And Cameron Diaz is also that bitch. So fucking work, bitch. Like, oh, this is so fierce. This is interesting. Sarah Jessica Parker was originally offered the role of Julianne, but she was not able to do it because of Sex and the City. No, no. Which I'm not a big Sarah Jessica Parker fan. I get that. Like nobody really likes her character in Julia Roberts. Well, well above. Well, well above Miss well, Carrie Bradshaw. Well above. Uh, She's so, like, tall and gorgeous. And, like, Julia SJP, Roberts? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, Julia Roberts. Yeah. SJP's, like, short. Yeah. And annoying. On um, this is interesting. The, the um, opening, like, credits of this movie are is, like, a weird, like, oh, that, um, yeah. song. And hold on. And, and kiss him. And squeeze him. And, and love him. 
Yeah, whatever that song is. And it's like three bitches dancing around in a wedding dress. Yes, and one of those bitches, do you remember Bring It On Again, where the cheerleaders (laughs) and the theater kids, like, joined together? Yes. So... One of the girls in that sequence was the head cheerleader in that movie. So not like oh. it was um, not she like was a main Tina. character. She was the bitch with the pearls. Okay, she was the captain, and like that's not ringing any bells. But I believe you. I, it's true. Believe women. Okay, thank you. Um, so the, the wedding dress that's worn in that scene, the the little dance number scene, is the exact same wedding dress that Jennifer Aniston wears as Rachel Green in Friends. Shut up. Which also, I was like because Julie Roberts also has a part in Friends. She does. Yes, guest star. And she makes out with Chandler, who low-key at that time looked like Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> um, like a more average version, but like in a good way. Yeah. I want to say that's about all I have. Did um the, I say a little prep for you, trigger you at all? I mean. In we, a positive way? We did sing that in chorus. I was kind of like, I could really do without this singing. Forever. That was a weird scene, but I love the song. Yeah, very much um Banana Boat, Beetlejuice vibes. Yeah, like, yeah. Where I so was like, random, but wait, like it kind what? of fits. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Um, This is the last piece, I think. Oh, no, I have a couple more, actually. Okay. Um... Cameron Diaz and Rupert Everett, in 2001, four years later, would star in Shrek together. <laughs> Cameron Diaz plays, plays Fiona. Princess Fiona, and Rupert Everett is the voice of Prince Charming. Oh! Which I did not know. But, like, that is real. Yeah, which is so cool. And that's only four years later. Also, like, human Shrek in Shrek 2, so hot. <laughs> so hot. Oh, my God. No one asked. Um... Let's see. I love Shrek. Um, I think that that is it. Uh, but I think this is interesting. In 2008, first of all, let me ask you, does this movie remind you of any other movie? Like, almost to a T. Like, any other rom-com about, no. like, a wedding? No. No. Well, in 2008, a gender-bender version of this movie came out. So, like, roles reversed. Okay, hold on, let me think. Yeah, I want to see if you know this, because I feel like you do. You're going to probably, you're going to... The boy chasing the girl? Correct. And there's somebody else? So a man finds out that his longtime friend is engaged. And he tries to break them up. And he has to come to the wedding, because they've been friends for so long. Oh my god, made of honor! Yes! I know you do, and I'm so glad you got that. Oh, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Yeah, so a gender bender version of this movie came out in 2008, and it is called Maid of Honor. Okay, but, like, Maid of Honor is good, too. It is good. It's decent. It is good. I've seen that one. They're different enough to where, like, I had no idea. But, like, not really. When I was, like, when I read that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, that is the same thing. Yeah, I, yeah. That is the same thing. I really had to think about that. I'm not gonna lie. But I'm glad I got it. You got it at that pretty fast, actually. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, and that's all I have for that. The letterbox reviews were pretty trash. Oh, bummer. Um, they were, I, and by that I mean they were kind of like ripping it to shreds, which like. <sighs> Don't tell me. Yeah, it doesn't need to be said. This movie doesn't deserve any hate, quite honestly. It's just like a feel-good movie. It's just a rom-com. You watch with your mom, mom. And it's <laughs> a good rom-com. That you watch with your mom, mom. Yeah. But yeah. it's actually my mom's. Um, I figured. It's one of my mom's favorite movies, and she has always said that she hates that Julianne, like, told um michael how she felt like she thought that was so stupid she thinks she should have not told him how she feels yeah because i guess in real life that's probably what you would do on the day of someone's wedding yeah 
Especially if, like, they ended up getting married anyway. She also told me that when I was, like, eight, so... Oh. <laughs> I well, don't know, I mean, it's always like, stuck with me, but, Well, like, I mean, like, they ended up getting married anyway, so it's, like... Yeah. Um, you could have just not. Yeah. But if it's your truth and it's bothering you... But it's still... say that shit. It's really... Tough. She didn't have to kiss him, though. No. She did not have to do that. No. But she did. She did. But she could... You can always tell someone how you feel. Yeah. I think that's fine. It's different times now. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah. Um, overall, I would probably give this movie... Probably like three stars. Nice. And like a pleasant three stars. Nice. No shade, no tea. Full three stars. Yeah, no shade, no tea. No games, no carnivals. It was good. It was good. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was like a fun watch. I loved looking at the outfits. I loved looking at beautiful, gorgeous young actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. Um, Dermot Mulroney fucking finger sucking. It's just, it's like, it's just, it was good vibes. Good good vibes. Good vibes. It's really good vibes. Like happy, like almost childhood vibes. I've been very nostalgic lately and this was It's good vibes. It's good vibes. Yeah. All right. Word. I'm so glad that you liked it because I give you a lot of rom-coms and I don't know. This one just kind of like... Yeah. Sticks. Julia Roberts also has the biggest fucking cell phone you've ever seen in this movie. And I love it. It's so fucking big. It's so big. The antenna is like five inches long. Yeah, it looks like a satellite phone that she could communicate with the space station with. I love it. Yeah. All right. On to you? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it, love. So, last episode, Kira recommended me Inglorious Bastards. Yes. Which is directed by Quentin Tarantino. Correct. And it came out in 2009. Okay. So, this movie is about killing Nazis, and I'm down bad with that. <laughs> um, so Same. I'm very invested, very involved. I'm very invested, I'm very involved, and I'm very attracted to everyone on screen, and specifically this movie. Yeah. Anyway, so... Yeah, everyone is hot in this movie. Yeah, I'll get into that. Um, so a quick little summary. Um, this is coming from the Wikipedia page of the movie, and I did not write this. Um, it is the first year of Germany's occupation of France. So before I get it, like, what that means is, like, the movie is told in chapters, mm-hmm. and it goes um, over the span of the war in Germany and, like, Europe. So that's what it means, like, it starts off in, you know... Germany occupation of Germany's occupation of France which as I make you as I take you on this Quentin Tarantino education and once you get your degree uh-huh and <laughs> yeah. I and I show you more Quentin Tarantino movies he does the chapter thing in most of his movies okay yeah um and sometimes they're told linear linearly linear okay. lin- did I say that right linearly like can lin- like- Linear, linear, sequence, like yes. Sometimes, yes. Sometimes they're told in order, and sometimes they're not. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay, yeah. So this one is told in order, right? So and then, but like movies like Pulp Fiction and um like Hateful Eight, they're not told in order. Okay. And same with like that's like with Kill Bill, where like the I haven't seen any. of I know. So you'll get to like it's just a something you know like a director's trope. Yeah. And a little car- little flourish, which he has a lot of those, which I like, and maybe some people don't like. Okay. A lot of his own, like, personal touches, which, you know. Anyway. Yeah. He's respect the art. Yeah, he's a notor. Yes. So, it's the first year of Germany's occupation of France, 1941. Um, Let's so, go. So, Allied officer Lieutenant Aldo Rain, <laughs> who is played by the one and only um, god Brad Pitt. The sexiest motherfucker. And he assembles a team of Jewish shul- Jewish soldiers to commit violent acts of retribution against the Nazis, including the taking of their scalps. Spoiler! Um, he and his men join forces with Bridget 
von Hammersmark, yeah, Hammersmark, a German actress and an undercover agent to bring down the leaders of the Third Reich. Their fates converge with theater own Shosanna Dreyfus, who seeks to avenge the Nazis' execution of her family. So, basically what all of that means is that there's one team fighting against the Nazis and, like, there's other, there's, like, another story of someone why they're fighting the Nazis. Does that make sense? Sort of, yes. Uh, I'm kind of butchering So, this. well, th- to me, to me, it's like there's two stories going on. There's two stories going on, but they're both important and they, and they intertwine. They, and they do intertwine, yes. So that's what I was trying to say. The story is the, yeah. how the movie starts off, which yeah. is Shoshana's story. Shh, let me... Okay, so yeah, yeah so movie, you got it. So okay. it'd probably just be better to say it in your own words. Yeah, so in the the very beginning, like the where the scene is set at first, whatever, um, it's on a farm in occupied France. I've said that like 15 times. Uh-huh, it's fine. And um, this like, you know, Nazi general essentially is going to this farmhouse hunting for Jews yes. in occupied France. They call him the... They call him the Jew Hunter. Right. Which I have an ironic fact about later. But they call him the Jew Hunter, and his name is uh, Colonel Hans Lana, and he's played by Christoph Waltz. Yes. And he's, like, the first major actor that we see. Love him. Love him. His character's great. Anyway, so he goes to this farmhouse, pretty much interrogates the farmer, and then obviously is, like, playing him and knows that the farmer is hiding a Jewish family under his floorboards. Mm -hmm. So they... uh, you know, fuck up the floorboard and shoot everyone. They just shoot at the floorboard and kill everyone except the daughter, Shoshana. And she Shoshana. runs away. Shoshana? Shoshana. Excuse me. Shoshana. It's okay. And she Lots escapes. Yes, she runs away. And he, like, almost could get her. He but then almost... he's like, but I like the hunt. So it yeah. doesn't go for her. Right. And he says, au revoir, Shoshana. Yeah. So she she gets away. So she, yeah, so she gets away. And so we follow her. In her story. Later on, though. Mm-hmm. So then the next, like, team that we meet, essentially, is Brad Pitt's team. Yeah, fuck yeah. And that is... They are the Inglorious Bastards. Right. And they literally are just out to fuck up Nazis, which, like yep. I said, I am down bad for. And it's Aldo Rain, who is not Jewish, I don't think. No, and he's fucking... He's a fucking redneck. He's he's, a, he's literally an, he the an Appalachian man. Yeah. And then... But his whole team is, like, a bunch of Jewish-American soldiers who are like, yes, yes. I am down with yes. killing Nazis. So their whole team... Yeah, except for Aldo Rain, their whole team is made of um, Jewish I, I think, soldiers. right? That's yeah, the whole that's point. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um, so that's why they, like, have a good time with it, I guess. Um, <laughs> the Bear Jew. I yeah. fucking love this movie. So they're, like, in this, like, kind of, like ditch essentially and they're like you know at base or whatever that they've made you know what i'm talking about sure yeah and they kind of you kind of meet everyone and the one of the first um inglorious bastards that you meet is um what's his name is hugo stieglitz hugo stieglitz i can't say it hugo Hugo stieglitz Stieglitz. is played by till schweiger Mm -hmm. and then you meet um then the next character you really meet is Sergeant Donnie Donowitz. Donnie Donowitz, yeah. Played by Eli Roth, aka the Bear Jew. And Eli Roth is also a director of movies. Hot. I very much thought it was Zachary Quinto at first. Looks a lot like him. But they are not the same. Looks a lot like him, yes. Very, very But Eli Roth, he also directs, um, like, he does horror movies. He likes a good, like, gory horror movie. Uh, Which I just find interesting. Quick little trivia. I'm pretty sure he 
directed um, Nation's Pride, like the movie in the movie. Oh, I think he did. The he Nazi did. Movie yeah, yeah, yeah. Movie. Yeah. So he's the bear Jew, and basically he just walks around the bat, and he's got carved names into the bat. <laughs> I think I'm going to tell the trivia as I go along with the story. Sure. So in, in that bat specifically, um, there are the, na- the names of, like, you know, Jews who have died um, in the Holocaust, and one of the names is Anne, for Anne Frank. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And, like, he comes out, and you're like, oh, this is sick. As yeah. he comes out of the tunnel, he's, he's banging, like banging the bat around. against the wall, and he's like, you're going to meet the bear Jew, because he's going to go, like, fuck up this one Nazi to try to get information out of him. Right. And, um... I remember, like, he comes out, right, and you see him, and he's giant, and he's hot, and you're like, wow, this is so sick, and then, and then he, like, starts going off on this, like, rant as he's about to, like, go beat this Nazi up, Uh and he's like, oh, like, and he's screaming in, like, this, like, Long Island, like, like, and it's just so funny, it's so funny. It's very comical, the way that, in, like, a way that's not normal and it's not like not act- normal but like it's not, not actively, common i don't know if it's like actively trying to be funny or what i think it is i think it is too um but it's not like it's funny in a way that's not like oh joke punch yeah line. it's exactly. just fucking funny it's like, and it's good it's, it's a like good time. pure humor i guess yeah it's good anyway so probably because it's like it's outrageous which is just fun yeah which like sometimes when a movie is like outrageous you're like ah, eh, this is like corny but like this but, is like this is like fun yeah this is like kind of out of pocket in like the best way yeah yeah so so yeah so i that's like the second kind of sequence of the movie and then um we catch up we catch up with shoshana we catch up with shoshana so the she's moved to she's moved to paris she in france still i think they're still in france or are they in germany i think they're in france because she speaks french and her like her boyfriend is also french Right? I think they're in Germany. Or I think they're in France. I think they are too. Anyway, so she, so then we get back to Shoshana's story, and she is the owner of a local movie theater mm-hmm. in France. Yes. So she's just living her life. She has like a new identity, and she's just like playing it low key. Yep. And one afternoon, she's like outside changing the marquee, and this like German soul. No, I think they're in Germany, or I don't know. What's well, German occupied France? I'm pretty sure it's French. It's France. Because okay. that's why her, her like, boyfriend is, like, Frenchman. Oh, right. Okay, yeah. So, this German soldier, like, walks by and, like, tries to start flirting with her. And, like, she's, like, not having it. And he is, um... Daniel Brühl. Daniel Brühl. I forgot to write him down. But he, he plays Frederick. Yes. Friedrich. Friedrich. Zoller. he's, like, you know, a war hero. He's, like, a famous war yes. German. He's, like, a famous He's, like, German. famous for Famous being, Nazi. Famous Nazi for, like... Being a, I think he was like a, a sniper. sniper, and he's he killed like sixty-five Jew, like yeah, Allied soldiers during like something, and that's yeah. why he's, he's 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 a famous murderer. Yeah, he's a, yeah, and um, so he like starts flirting with um Shoshana, and she's like, I literally have no interest in you. Get away from me! And like, she has such like the baddest bitch, yeah, like, she's French so lady attitude, and so she blows him off, Love and then um, she's so French it hurts me. So then all of a sudden, like she like gets picked up by the Nazis and is forced to go to dinner with Friedrich and like other people, like other famous German, other famous Nazis, including including Hitler. No, she doesn't mean not Hitler. Hitler who uh, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz, yeah. But also, there is a character in this movie. Like, Hitler is in this movie. Yeah. Like, there's an actor who plays Hitler. Um, but, yeah. So, then they, they meet up with Christoph Waltz because, you know, he's also a famous Nazi. And so, she immediately recognizes him. Shoshana does. Right. Because, literally, that's the man who killed and her. And so, yeah. This is a great scene, too, because they're sitting at dinner. 
and you're like, she recognizes him, but and we the whole time we're not sure if he recognizes her until like the end. Right? Yeah. Does he say Arvash Hashanah or does he say? He says. Um, he says something where something to like. Let he said him it. Know. No, he, he mentions the milk. He, he mentions, mentions the, the milk. milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. He mentions. She, he's like she'll have the strudel and a big glass of milk. And yeah, like, and it's like he's giving these subtle hints mm-hmm. to tell her that he also recognizes her yeah. and that he knows that she is a Jewish woman yeah. and that she's lying about who she is and blah, blah, blah. Oh, my God. It's so... It's, like, that scene is so well curated, in yeah. my opinion, because it's, it's like the whole time you're like, ah, like watching it and it's just like, they're just at dinner talking. It's but very like, tense, bug. but like very real and like very... And low, Shoshana, very like, tire- I don't know... Um, terrifying. I'm not sure who the actress who plays Shoshana oh, is. Oh, the actress who plays Shoshana is... It's not is, Marion Cotillard. No, it's played by Melanie Laurent. Legend. Like, Legend. I think she does such a good job of, like, just be doing, like, micro facial expressions yeah. so you know exactly how she feels, but she's, like, I don't know. She's yeah. a great actress. And, side note, I thought she... I thought Diane Kruger played her. No. No. So then we go to another part of this movie where... Yeah, so basically... Well, so, so Shauna gets picked up by the Nazis because they want to oh. host... Hitler and the rest of, like, the Nazis at a showing or a screening of um, A Nation's Pride or whatever that movie is that Friedrich Zoller is No, in. no, no. I thought it was, like, a film festival or a film. It wasn't of Nation's Pride. Oh, but it you're was right. something else. It's something else. Yeah, they, they, they basically the premiere. They yeah. want to show some sort of Nazi fucking propaganda movie. Yeah. And they want to use her theater to do it. And they want to host all of these, like, high-ranking Nazi officials, including Hitler, in her theater and they want to ask her if she'll do it, and basically she can't say no. Yeah. So she agrees to it, and, like, that's why she was picked up, and that's why the whole dinner thing happens. And then, uh, so that sets that into motion, the yes. theater thing. Thank you. You did a, you did a great job explaining that. That's I okay. Needed, I needed There's that There's a lot help. going on. And then, There's a lot going um, on. And then while that's happening, um, Aldo Rain and his crew are working to try to... Get more information out of Nazis. Get more and, information, and they're, you know, trying to follow Nazis and, like, hunt them down and all this good stuff. Yeah. And um, they end up teaming up with Bridget von Hammerschmark. Who is who played is, by... Who's, yeah, played, who's by played by Diane, by Diane Kruger, Kruger. And she's a big-time German actress. And she's also a spy. And she's a spy, which is so cool. And the way that they try and play that off is, like, legendary. That There's a whole bar scene where, like, there's... A lot of this movie, like, is very conversational. Like, there's a lot of talking. Yeah. Like, a lot it's of so dialogue good. in it. Um, but it's all very important to setting up yeah. the entire, like, movie. Yeah, so well, so, so Aldo Rain, and he teams up with his, with his team, him and his team, team up with Bridget, and they're like, you're a famous actress. You're gonna get us into this party. Yeah. At Shoshana's Theater. Yeah. And you're, like, we'll be your pretend to be your camera crew or whatever they pretend to be and then like we'll get into this party and we'll be able to like take out some fucking nazis and so that's how the two stories kind of intertwine right um and then i mean that scene in the bar though crazy i mean it's so good and then they they meet um uh is it it's not is it michael fassbender who plays like yeah he plays he plays like the british lieutenant which like so sick because he speaks like a bunch of languages yeah and um and then they're all of a sudden they're pointing guns at each other's wieners yeah. it's so good it's hugo, so good hugo stieglitz is there yeah and so they're, they're in the in the bar um they're playing a game which is which kind is, of like heads up mm-hmm. where they, everyone writes down um you know the name of someone living or dead or real or fake a and famous they, person and then they rotate the little piece of paper to the left and then everyone like licks the paper and sticks it to their foreheads right and then they take turns asking questions trying to guess who they are and on multiple occasions now, um, 
once at a brewery with a bunch of my college friends. We played that game and it was so fucking fun. And then and then the other night like, at a party, Sarah we played and it I again. Or our, you, I, you yeah, played it again. I showed I it to with, everyone yeah. else and we played it again and it's very fun. And I don't know what to call it because it's not necessarily heads I up. I think it's called. Guess who? No, I think it's called Inglorious Bastards. No, that's what I call it. I looked. I did you look it up? That's I think what, I read that somewhere. When we did it at the brewery, the first time I played it with my friends, we were like, I don't know what to call this game, but like they were like, we they, we just decided to call it Inglorious. That's what I think. Uh, well, the, I don't, we came up with that without looking it up, but maybe that is what people call it. Mm. I don't know. I didn't know. I assumed the game had a or the game had a name. Like I thought it was maybe no like Guess Who or like it's almost like Twenty Questions in a way. Yeah. It's like a combo of a lot of games. It's cool though. Yeah, highly recommend. Um. So yeah. So then. Diane Kruger also, like, kind of gets caught by Chris... Okay, so, never mind, never mind. (laughs) Rewind. So, they attend... They show up to the movie theater, like, ready to go. Yes. And they're all like, what act... Like, if you... Diane Kruger's like, if you go in there with an American accent, like, your cover's gonna be blown. And so, Diane Kruger tells um, Christoph Waltz that they're Italian. They just have, like, Italian accents because... Everyone they're like, like New York. Half of them are like New York Jews. Yeah, and it's so like a Southern can, Brad Pitt. So they can go a little, maybe a little Italian, I guess. And so um, he's like, "Yeah, my grandmother's Italian or whatever." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, he's like, I don't like, you know, I don't sound like that." And it's like, okay, yeah, so you don't talk, like, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Um, and so Brad Pitt, I don't remember the first name, but his name is like something Bonjour Gorlami, Gorlami, Enzo Gorlami, Enzo Gorlami. And the way he also says when they greet, he's like, Bongiorno. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's good. It's so, so fucking funny. And then Christoph Wallace is like, Can you say that again? And he's like, Gorlami. And he's like, Could you say it just one more time? Like, he's like, he's, he's, he's like playing them he's like a busting fucking, his balls. He's about busting it. his balls because he knows it's fake. He can see right through it, which I just think is so legendary. And, he, and Christoph it's Waltz. It's so fun to watch. Yes, it's so entertaining. And then Christoph he's Waltz. Like, Could you say that just one more time? Yeah, does it to the other two, like, soldiers that yeah, came with Yeah, He does it like seven like, times. They're like, He's like, What's your name? And he goes, Anthony Margariti. And he's like, one more time? And he's like, Margariti. He's like, just one more time slower? Margariti. (laughs) It's so, it's like comedy gold for like 30 seconds there. Yeah, so they, that all goes down and then, um, then they get caught. Right. Yeah, so it's a lot of moving parts at this theater. Yeah. Because we have Shoshana who wants to take Oh, she, yeah. So she's got her, so, you know, Aldo Rain and his team have plans to blow up the theater. Yeah. And they have plans, they're smuggling in some sticks of dynamite, that's their plan. Yeah. Meanwhile, Shoshana, because she knows that, because she's, she, you know. And she knows that all these She knows Nazis that Hitler's are, gonna be there. Yeah. And, and like a huge, a big, a high-ranking officials in the Nazi party are gonna be there, including that fucker who killed her family. Yeah. So she's like, and I don't And the boy who's like, sexually harassing, not sexually True, harassing. but like, trying to make like, weird advances on her. Yeah. So she's like, you know what, I'm gonna burn my motherfucking theater down. Yeah. And so she has plans to do her own thing. Mm-hmm. So basically we have Shoshana and Aldo Rain both planning to like, tank this theater. Yeah. And so like, that's what's going on. So she, Shoshana's like, trying to get Get her put her, her plan into motion, and Aldo Rain is also trying to get his plan into motion. Correct, like Kira said, it's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts, but it's told. In, it's so cool, and like in so that good. theater specifically, like when we're like we're following yeah. Aldo Rain, and then we catch Shoshana going up the stairs. Like it's we're following everybody. Like yes, it's very cool. It's so good, and so then um, Aldo Rain gets caught. Like his cover is blown because Diane Kruger gets caught and 
uh, Christoph Waltz uh, kills her. Spoiler. And so they, like, the two, so the two sidekicks, um, they, like, were given the tickets and they had to go into the theater. Yeah. And they were like, fuck, like, we're sitting in a room with a bunch of Nazis and all we want to do is, like, fuck them all up. And, like, yeah. they have dynamite taped to their leg. And then they sneak out. They, like, go to the bathroom together. And then they, like, lock the doors. And, like, they end up having their own plan when Aldo Rain gets caught. Right. And, um. They're like, we're still going through with this. We're yeah, still going to take yeah, these we're not backing out. down. And so they, like, do what they got to do, and they get everybody in the theater, and then they go back in there. And then um, while that's happening, um, uh, Shoshana is up in the projector room trying to, like, you know, project the movie and plan it out the way her plan is supposed to be executed. Right, and she has plans to, like, set a bunch of old film like, yeah, she uh, like fire. she was editing and like cutting the film and then taping them back together like the way they used to have to do it. Like, yeah, yeah, literally yeah. Back then, and Friedrich like comes and knocks on her door and it's just like pestering the fuck out of her. Yeah, and like is, yeah, it is low key like spoiling her plan. Yeah, and so she's like fuck off. <laughs> yeah, and he like tr- like he gets mad and she like tries to like you know play him. Yeah, and um. Ultimately, they both end up dying. Yeah, which is so tragic. They both Shoshana. kill each other. But Shoshana, she died for a good cause. Yeah. And, like... And her shit, I mean, it worked. It she worked. Ha- she had filmed a little... She split... What, she was editing that film because she was putting oh, yeah, her own put, little movie in there. Yeah, like, she cool. she did what she set out to do. And, like, Marcel, her... Um, went through with it. Went through with it. And he was behind the curtain ready to light all this flammable film yeah that would burn down the whole theater and then and then it's just her, it's shoshana like on screen laughing as the screen catching on fire and you're like wow this is legendary the tapes and like and then also meanwhile like they've locked like they're all yep. locked in there like yep. they're successfully locked in there and so literally the theater erupts in flames and like these nazis are trying to get out and they can't and it's total chaos and totally terrifying but meanwhile the two sidekicks are up in the in the orchestra seats just shooting Nazis. Just yep. literally just, like, trying to kill him faster. And, like, they kill Hitler and um, Donnie Donovan just shoots him in the face as many times as he can <laughs> and just, like, ruins him. And honestly, it is so powerful to watch. <laughs> it is so badass because, like, it would never happen, but, like, it did. See, that's cool. I like that alternative history thing. I like, once upon way... a time in Hollywood. In Django, too. Django yeah. Change. I love the way that like Quentin Tarantino like just puts himself in history and like makes it his own yeah story it's cool but also while the theater is erupting we're not done Aldo Rain has been like taken to like a German um like safe house or something yeah and he's being interrogated by Christoph Waltz and basically his cover's kind of blown and the only person um anyway his cover gets blown and so he's being interrogated and isn't uh, Smithson Yudovich, aka BJ Novak, with him when he's getting interrogated? I think so. I think they're there together. Yeah. And so, yeah, so, um, Officer Smithson Yudovich is played by <laughs> BJ Novak. From The Office. From The Office, who plays Ryan. And the way that, like, um, Aldo Rain says, Yudovich, is that you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. And so they captured him there together, and they're being interrogated by. Um, Colonel Hans Lada, who is Christoph Waltz, and Colonel Hans Lada is playing them, and he's like, this is what I want. If you want to live, and, like, he's also playing, like, both sides. Like, yeah, he's... because, yeah, you find out that he, like, doesn't care what the fuck happens as long as he's okay. Exactly. Because so he, he knows the Nazis are done for. Yes. And, and so... like, part of him knows that they're going under, and he's like, I just want, I want, 
I want safe passage. He's like, I want... Erase uh, my identity. No one needs to know I'm an yeah, Aussie he's and one, I get I, to be able to live Yeah, he's one I, I want full immunity, um, a house in Nantucket, like, yeah. all this, like, extensive shit. And so, and he's like, you're going to call your, like, head officer right now and I'm going to tell him all that and then I'll give you back. And he's like, okay. So, they give him the number and, like, you know, Colonel Hans Lada is just, like, listing off all the shit that he all wants. All his demands, yeah. And then, um... They then uh the head officer is like, Okay, no, I wanna talk to um Aldo Rain. So like Hans Lada gives him the phone back and I'm pretty sure it's one of his men. It's one of um uh Aldo Rain's men. Uh-huh. And they're like, Okay, sir, like you're gonna meet here and like, you know, he kinda gives them like their direction. Uh-huh. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. So Because they're gonna like do an exchange kind of. Yeah. So basically like Aldo Rain played Hans Lada back, and so when they meet in the forest to, like, be in neutral ground, and, like, General Hans Lada is supposed to, like, you know, be escorted, you know, to his immunity in America, it's literally just, um, they kill the sidekick who came with Hans Lada. Yeah. And then it's Brad Pitt and BJ and, uh, Novak, and then they, um, you know, say their whole spiel about, you know... Now, when you get back to America, you're going to take that uniform off, aren't yep. you? I mean, you're going to have to. And he's like, yeah, of course. Like, I'm never going to wear this again. And they're yeah. like, well, we can't have that, that. now, can we? Like, yeah. Yeah. And somehow so, these people are going to know that you're a, we're a Nazi. And like, so then they, I want to say they shoot him in the knees and break their his knees, but I, I don't think they do. But anyway, so um, Aldo Rain and Yudovich carve their signature swastika into the forehead. And yep. the ending scene is... Now, Yudovich, uh, I think this might be my masterpiece. I think this might be my masterpiece. Which is interesting, and something I, I think I watched, listened to an episode about this movie on the Rewatchables, mm-hmm. and they were kind of talking about how this could be, that could be, like, that's Tarantino telling you. Yeah, that, that this, this is, movie his, is masterpiece. his masterpiece. Honestly, it's a great fucking movie. Yeah, and it is. So, yeah, that's the plot. Um, and so... Any trivia that I didn't mention, I'm going to get into now. Okay. So, um, Quentin Tarantino, speaking of that, almost abandoned this film because he did not believe that he could find the right actor to play Colonel Hans Lada <gasps> until Christoph Waltz auditioned and him and the Christoph producer. Waltz is such a fucking legend. He's a legend. And QT and his producer both agree that they had found the perfect yeah. actor. Yeah. And they did! And then Christoph Waltz is in Django Unchained. Unchained. And he's also in Hateful Eight. Yeah, but Django Unchained was the, Django Unchained was the following, that followed um, Inglorious Bastards. It was the next Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was, this was his, like, Chris, this, this was mainly Christoph Waltz, or, like, at least from what I know to be, like, his, his debut. debut. Yeah. He went on to do other stuff, but he hasn't really been popular I've never seen anything, much. you know. i never seen anything about him either. And he's talented so talented Mm -hmm. so talented fucking legend so yeah that's pretty dope um also so this movie was made by um the former company miramax which was bought by the The weinstein Weinstein company Company. Mm -hmm. and um brad this is the only movie that brad pitt ever made because he hated because of Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> sorry he hated <laughs> harvey weinstein already he hated harvey weinstein and physically threatened him because weinstein sexually harassed his then girlfriend gwyneth paltrow correct work correct brad S- oh, such yeah. an ally literally yeah 
Um, and then, of course, Brad Pitt went, goes on to make a bunch of movies with Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. He was in... Um, well, all of Quentin Tarantino's movies were made by Miramax. Almost all of them. Okay. I, I mean, I don't know, after... Brad Pitt was in, like, a 93 movie, and, like, he's in one in, like, 2003 that came out, I think. Are you talking about Quentin Tarantino movies? Yeah, like, he's in those. Brad was in, um, uh, Jackie Brown. He has, like, a small part in Jackie Brown, which is, like, a very, or, you know, yeah, smaller scale movie. He's not in Pulp Fiction. He's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, obviously. But there was, like, some, he was in, like, um, one or two, bef- or three, maybe, before Some of the Kill Bills. Um... Yeah, he is in Jackie Brown. Okay. He um, plays, like, a stoner. He might be in um, True Romance, too. He is. Okay, that's yeah, it. Yeah. He totally is. That's the name that I saw that I could not think uh-huh. of. He was in True Romance. Anyway. So, um... <laughs> what, bitch? <laughs> I tried to type out the first Tarantino film to win an Oscar, but I wrote... The first Tarnation film <laughs> to win an Oscar. That's funny. It's the first Tarantino film to win an Oscar, and it went to Christoph Waltz yes, God. for his supporting role, which he then won again for his supporting role in Django Unchained. Fuck yeah. Work, dude. He's so good. So good. Specifically in this movie. I think he's better in this movie than he is in Django. Totally. He is so good. He is in this so movie. good. Very good. Yeah. Because, like, he plays evil really Perfect well. villain. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Flawless. Okay. So, Till Schweiger refused... So, Till Schweiger is... Um, he plays uh, Hugo... No. That's BJ Novak. No. Till, Till Schweiger plays um, Hugo Stiglitz. Stieglitz. Stieglitz. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. Right. Till Schweiger plays Hugo Stieglitz, and he refused to play a Nazi until he was told his character would brutally kill Nazis in every scene. Then he agreed. Nice. Um, so I said one of the... Okay. Um, this is Quentin Tarantino's highest grossing film since Pulp Fiction, but then it was beat out by Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's a, see, I remember... This is the only... Nope, I... I, we saw it once upon a time in Hollywood in theaters. I kind of want to watch it again. But this was the only. I mean, before because like two thousand. This was, before I got into movies and like actively was like, oh, like I have to go see the newest Tarantino movie. This was like I saw this in theaters with my brother and my dad because mm. everyone was like, this we're going to see this fucking movie. Like, look how fucking legendary this movie looks. Yeah. Like. And, like, I remember going to see it with my parents and my dad. Or right. with my dad and my brother. That's awesome. And everyone loved it. My yeah. dad fucking loves this movie. I love that. My dad loves this movie, too. So, um, so, although this movie... Although this movie is fictional, the movie is actually inspired by a real-life mission during World War Two. Cool. Yeah. So cool. It's a long story, but it's inspired by a very similar... Like, a very similar story. Um, so, uh... So a lot of people ask Quentin Tarantino why the title is misspelled, and he says, I'm never going to explain that. It would invalidate the artistic aspect of the title, which yeah. is so true. It's such like a good... And uh, honestly, I thought it was spelled right. <laughs> that's so classic to something that he would do. Yeah. Um, Like, I think, you know, when people ask, like, why Reservoir Dogs is named Reservoir Dogs, he's like, I don't fucking know. No, I think he said something like, he used to work in, like, a... He was, like, a high school dropout and like he worked at like a movie store right. Tarantino did when he was younger uh-huh. and I think he he would always try to like recommend like 
you know, different movies to to people. To customers. And he recommended some movie, some, like, French movie or something. I forget the actual story. Um, Recommended some movie to some, like, customer. Mm -hmm. And the guy, like, completely got the name wrong. And he's like, I don't want to watch... I don't want to watch no Reservoir Dogs or whatever. Yeah. And then he, and then like, that's why he named, like it has nothing to do with the actual movie. Okay. Like, yeah. That's why he named that movie that. Yeah. Like, which I just think is so cool. Cause it's like, very interesting. Like, like you take a movie like my best friend's wedding, which is truly just a movie about a girl's best friend's wedding. Yeah. Like it doesn't always have to be like that. Right. You know? Which I, I think agree. is cool. Yeah. It totally is. It's I like, I totally agree. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, so, BJ Novak obviously had to leave filming The Office to film this movie. <laughs> the Office and, was still filming in 2009? Yeah. Damn. Uh, his absence was described as Thailand with friends from high school. <laughs> um, That's hilarious. So, this is a super dope fact. So, the role of Shoshana's father that was killed while hiding underneath the floorboards in the opening scene was played by Patrick Elias, whose father, Buddy Elias, was a first cousin of Anne Frank. Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. So that means he was the second cousin of Anne Frank? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! Yeah. That's crazy. Like, authenticity at its finest. That's wild. Yeah. So good. Okay, and then last one. So, Kino is the name of the British operation to kill right. the German officers, and um, Kino is the German word for movie theater. Oh, nice. Isn't that ironic? Yeah, that's nice. I love it. Okay, that's all I had to say. I mean, that's all my trivia. The plot was, you know, described for a, a while. lot to talk about. A lot to talk about, but this probably movie... didn't do the greatest job, you and I. But we tried. There's we so tried. much. There's so, so much. much. Yeah. And I will say, like, just watch it. The first like hour of this movie, I was like, I'm so bored. Like, Are you I'm serious? No, listen to me. Like when they're when they're explaining like how they're setting up the story. I said this. How they're setting up the story and the, the way they all intertwined, like, is so good but like the ending is so worth the wait to watch during the movie because it is a two and a half hour movie yeah and i don't want to say like the beginning is slow it just has to set up everything oh so that wait that just reminded me of something um one of the daughters of the milkman oh my god yes 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 blue is the warmest color what the actress from blue is the warmest color yes what'd you say your name was I forget her name, but this is the blonde girl. Yes, it's the blonde. It's not. It's not Adele, but it's Adele's girlfriend. And, and I can't remember the her name. Color. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, I did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Which is another movie to do on my podcast. Yes, but yeah, this movie is so fucking good. Yes, and it's it like is, talking about it right now. I want to go home and watch it. I own it on DVD. I kind of want to go home. I kind of want to watch it too. It's so good. Like it's really good. And like and like I think about like. The way that that story is... How do you write a story like that? I have no idea. I simply don't know. And apparently the movie was shot, like, sequentially. Like, in order. I mean, does that make sense? I don't know. I just, like, I think about that and I'm like, wow. But also, like, like, just... It it seems like when you watch the movie, you're like, oh, this is great. (laughs) You're like, this story is so fucking sick. But, like, when you and I sit here and try to explain it from scratch it sounds crazy it's, yeah and it sounds like a lot and it sounds confusing but it's not confusing but you have to witness and you have to it. think about someone a boy named quentin <laughs> someone sat down and fucking wrote this thing out and that's yeah. crazy to me and it's it has to be seen on the big screen like it is so yeah. beautiful it is such beautiful cinema like it is so beautiful to watch in my opinion like it is so yeah perfect there's something so I love, like, a character actor. Yeah. And that is so big in in Tarantino movies. And I think, like, 
he does such a good job casting. Like he said, like yeah. he was like, this movie's never going to get made because we're never going to find anyone good enough to play Hans Landa. Yeah. And, like, and th- th- that's facts. Yeah. And, like, there, it's so many character actors. Like, yeah. It, and, like, Brad Pitt, who, like, before this, at least my, me personally, I didn't, I wouldn't think that Brad Pitt could do character acting like this. I agree. Like, I agree. taking on, with an accent and everything, like, yeah. taking on a full-blown character. A, a full-blown persona. Like, that's a lot. And, yeah. like, everyone in here, like, Hans... Um, shush, like everyone is playing like a character and it just it's it's so enjoyable to watch and mm-hmm. it's so like you get lost in the story because yeah. everyone is like doing so well at their like yes everyone so is like playing, playing a perfect perfect character and like yeah. even like I don't know oh, I, yeah I could talk about it for so long I yeah also Mike Myers aka Shrek is yeah. also in this movie and honestly I didn't recognize AKA him aka Austin fucking Powers yeah but also like fucking Shrek dog <laughs> Yeah, so I love this movie. Yeah. I will say it took me a minute, like not a minute to love it, but I will say setting up the scene was very slow for me. But once, once. Disagree. But I get it. I get it. Once the web was weaved. Once you see where the story's going, you're like. It changed everything. It all makes sense. Like, I get it. And it's all necessary, and I respect it. You didn't let me finish my statement, bitch. Sorry. I love this movie, and I'm going to say it. It's another favorite. It's going on my list. Did it change your life? It kind of changed my life. That ending is so fucking powerful and just, like, makes you feel so, like... And it's, like, looking up at them. Yeah. Like, you're the forehead. Yeah. It's it's sick. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay, so what are you giving me next week? Or, you know, next episode? Oh, also, I have Letterboxd and my full rating. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Um, okay. So, my full rating is obviously a 5 out of 5. We don't need to get into that. Fuck yeah. But my, there is so much good content about this movie on Letterboxd. I bet it. Do you know what the overall rating is for the movie on Letterboxd? 4.3. Nice. That's pretty hefty. Solid. That's really high. Yeah, that That's is really high. high. Okay, so um, this first comment said, I would never invite Hitler to my movie premiere. That guy is bad news. <laughs> then someone says, when I find myself in times of trouble, actor Brad Pitt comes to me speaking words of wisdom. Bonjourno. <laughs> um... Next one, it says, not to sound like a cheesy old white lady, but this shit is breathtaking, bro. Correct. Next one says, every single person in this movie is my type. This whole (laughs) movie is filmed with really hot actors. Yeah. In every way, shape, and form. Like, girls, boys, old, young. Like, oh my god. It's It's good to look at. It's great to look at. And then, um... This next one says, this movie is full of DILFs. My favorite DILF parade. It's so fucking hot. (laughs) My favorite DILF parade? Yeah. I like that. That's good. And then this last one is my personal favorite. It says, I'm pretty sure that this film is 100% historically accurate. (laughs) Which just made me giggle and I love that. So yeah, this movie was fucking great. If you don't see it, you're fucking missing out. And that's on you. Yeah. If you want to, yeah, if you want to miss out, miss out. But yeah, loved it. Loved it. Loved it so much. Loved it so much. Okay, so next next episode. Okay, um... What you got for me? I have for Kira, I'm going to give Kira another World War II, or she gave me a World War II movie, so I'm going to give her a World War II movie, but she it's said, diff- pass it back. It's a little different. Um, the movie I'm going to give Kira is Monument Men, which is based on a true story about um, soldiers, like, saving pieces of art that the Nazis have stolen. Yes. And it's really good and it's got a great cast Matt Damon's in it I've heard it's good okay I am gonna give to you Matt Damon's friend is in this one 
Ben Affleck, who's mm. now currently dating J-Lo. Good for him. Good for him. Um, I'm giving you Gone Girl. I am really excited to watch Gone Which I'm excited. Girl. I fucking love Gone Girl. Because I know Gone Girl is, like, a really good fucking movie. It is good. I've heard, like, everyone speak so highly of it. Um, I weirdly find myself thinking about this movie a lot. It lives rent-free? Yeah. I don't know why. I think, um... There's, like, a lot of, well, I, uh, we can talk about it next week, but I'm a big true crime, I like, you know, listening to oh, yeah. true crime podcasts and stuff like that, and they just, they just, I mean, some of the stuff, they just hit the nail on the head so hard with, like, just certain aspects of that. I don't know. I don't, we'll talk about it later, but okay. it's just, like, I find myself thinking about it in lots of different aspects. Wow. Like, it deals with infidelity, it deals with, um, like suspicion of murder it deals with uh like you know like just dating Crime. and getting married and being young and in love like it deals with so much and i'm always thinking about it and that's okay. all i'm gonna say i am i'm very excited to watch this i was very pleased when you said you would give me this because yeah i it's one of those movies that i need to see but i just can't make myself watch it's sick and so I'm, I'm excited to watch it i think people have some interesting takes about like um the cast but like we'll talk about it later okay all right. All right. Way to go, mate. Yeah. Um. See so you guys. Hopefully, probably not next week, but hopefully, hopefully, maybe we can get one in on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Um. Okay. Follow us on Instagram. The Movie Night Pod. You can There's always gonna... like leave us a good review on um. You know. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Yeah. And Spotify. I almost said Spotacast. That was weird. It's okay. Um, yeah, leave us a good review wherever you can leave a review. That would be really cool. We've never gotten a review with words. Yeah. I think we have three ratings, but no reviews. I think two of those ratings are from us. I Yeah. So. Every time I log on, I try to rate, but I think I think they only counted it as once. Yeah. But yeah, leave us a good review. Follow us on Instagram. There's going to be a lot of good uh, content. Yeah. So. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Good night. Mwah.